Welcome to a two-part episode where we'll be taking a look at the upcoming Junior Eurovision Song Contest. While we typically cover the history of the Eurovision Song Contest, I think it's important to recognize some of the other programs that the European Broadcasting Union puts on its network. So this week, we are going to be reviewing all 16 entries in the Junior Eurovision Song Contest by listening and reacting to their music videos. And then next week, I'll be giving my thoughts on the live show. Let's head over to Nice and check out the Junior Eurovision Song Contest 2023. This is ESC 101. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to ESC 101, your home of Eurovision history and obscurity. This is the podcast where we take a look at the Eurovision Song Contest throughout the years to uncover the story behind the world's largest international televised music competition. However, this week and next week, we're taking a mini vacation away from the history and obscurity, and we're exploring the world of junior Eurovision. Welcome to episode 13. My name is Alexander, and let's jump into the 21st edition of the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. For those of you who aren't familiar, the Junior Eurovision Song Contest, also known as JESC, is the children's version of the regular Eurovision Song Contest. It was first started in 2003 and has continued every year since, including 2020. It works basically the same as the regular contest with some adjustments for a younger audience. Participants must be between the ages of 9 and 14 on the day of the contest, and the three-minute rule, juries, and public vote all apply. The public vote is held online rather than by televote, so anyone can submit votes for their favorite songs, even from their own country. This seems like a terrible idea, but so far it's worked out pretty well for the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. It also allows international viewers like myself to vote, so I've been able to vote in JESE and have done so over the past few years. The story and format of JESC will be covered in its own episode, as it does have a fascinating history and origin story. This year's JESC is being hosted in Nice, France, after France's win in the previous contest with Lissandro's Oh Mama, which I admit was seriously well put together. That kid is a charisma machine, and it honestly captivated me for the full three minutes. Thinking about it, there actually wasn't a single song I disliked in last year's competition. There were some staging choices I felt could have been rethought, but honestly, these kids are talented and put some of the adult Eurovision acts to shame. So with JESC happening in two days after the release of this episode, I felt it was right to talk about the entries and talk a little bit about the artists. I haven't listened to any of the songs up until now, which has honestly been extremely difficult for me because I like to listen to the songs ahead of time and see what each one's going to be like. But I've been saving my reaction for this episode, so you'll be hearing my raw first-time impressions for each entry. I'm also going to preface this by saying I apologize if I mispronounce any artists' names or song titles. 
I'm not the greatest at foreign languages if any of my Eurovision travel guide episodes are to go by, so if I butcher someone's name or song title, I do apologize. I'll be going in English alphabetical order, so let's settle in and react to the entries of the Junior Eurovision Song Contest 2023. The first entry comes from Albania. This is Viola Giselli's entry entitled Bota Ime. So Albania's song really does intrigue me. There are individual notes in the song that make me think that the song is going to go in one direction and kind of goes to somewhere that's a little bit blasé and predictable. But then the tone shifts and then it goes somewhere more interesting. Her voice is featured well on the track and is definitely well developed. It phases between middle of the road and anthemic. And it's just weird for me because it keeps pulling me in multiple directions, and for the song, it works. Overall, it's a solid entry, but it does confuse me because part of me wants to say that it's going to bore me and I just want to skip it, but then it keeps pulling me back in to keep me interested, so I'm not sure where this is going to end up, but Albania definitely has me interested. The second entry comes from Armenia. This is Yan Girls' entry entitled Do It My Way. I'm too cool to be a fool, so don't you mess with me. I'ma do it my way. Now, I'll be honest, I was taken aback by the Armenian entry in a very good way. There is so much sass and attitude in the song, I absolutely love it. They are going to do this entry their way, and they don't care what you think. The song is powerful, anthemic, and has inspiration from sci-fi video games and, of course, classic Armenian sounds. All I can do with this entry is stand back and let it do its thing. I, I don't even feel like I'm qualified to give this an opinion because it's just, it's going to do well in the contest. I think it's a fantastic song and more power to them. The third entry comes from Estonia, who are debuting for the very first time. This is Arhana's entry entitled Haime Koku. This is actually a really good debut entry for Estonia. The song is very attention-grabbing, powerful, thoughtful, melancholic. It allows her voice to be the star. I have no idea what she's singing about, but the music video tells the story. It concerns me a little bit that I don't know if this is going to be translated onto the stage. I find that songs that have to use music videos to carry its message sometimes don't get translated on stage. 
But in any case, it's a really great entry, and I think this is a high-quality song from Estonia, and I think they will do well on debut. The fourth entry comes from France. This is Zoe Closer's entry entitled Coeur. This song is French. Not just in the obvious that it represents France and it's sung in the French language, but if you know French entries in adult Eurovision, you'll know what I mean. This song showcases French flavor in the best way. The song is good, and I imagine it will be well-staged. It's a solid host entry, and she has a good charisma about her. France continues to deliver the quality that it's known for in JESE, and I suspect that this will do well. The fifth entry comes from Georgia. This is Anastasia and Rania's entry entitled Over the Sky. Georgia continues to bring the wacky expression that I expect from them, and it stands out as this avant-garde expression of music that I've been looking for. It's weird in the absolute best possible way. The music sounds anthemic and also has elements that feel tribal, almost instinctual or reactionary. And the music video shows such a vivid imagination that I really hope they bring to the stage. Vocals are absolutely fantastic, and I love, love, love the hairstyles. So, Georgia, you keep doing you, you're going to do well. The sixth entry comes from Germany, who is returning to the contest after withdrawing last year. This is Fia's entry with the song On What. Ein Moment, der für immer leuchten wird. Ohne Worte haben wir uns sofort verstanden. This is Germany's third entry in Junior Eurovision, and it's a huge boost in quality compared with their first and second entries, which I genuinely have no problem with either their first or second entries. I just felt they were a bit middle of the road and safe, which the songs just really didn't speak to me. This entry, however, speaks to me. She signs in what I assume is German sign language, and she has a purity to not only the way that she presents herself, but her voice just like screams hopeful and youthful innocence, which I feel like we need more of in this world. As I get older every year, I feel like my innocence and positivity kind of get slowly stripped away. So seeing a child like this with such a hopeful tone in her voice brings me a lot of positive emotions. This song is awesome, and I think Germany will do well in the contest this year. 
The seventh entry comes from Ireland. This is Jessica McKean's entry entitled Aisling. To start, my apologies with trying to pronounce the title. I don't speak a word of the Irish language, and spellings and things confuse me. But when you hear a beautiful, ethereal, Celtic-inspired ballad like this, you always can rely on Ireland to bring the quality and beauty that one draws from the wild imaginings of folklore. Her voice is angelic, and I'm hopeful that they will do well like last year. My feeling is that this is a continuation of last year, but for Ireland, that's kind of a good thing because they can do this type of music with such flawless precision. I'm hoping that Ireland will stage it beautifully, that she will have an amazing costume, and I wish Ireland all the best of luck. The eighth entry comes from Italy. This is Melissa Enrena's entry entitled Un Mondo Gosto. This is a duo with amazing vocal chemistry. The Italian language adds an extra depth of beauty, and this has an emotion, but I feel that it's less directed compared to other entries. I sense the feeling of the song, but I just don't know exactly where it's going, but I think I'm okay with that. It's a decent entry, and I'm curious to see what it'll do with the staging, and I hope that their chemistry on stage will translate from the music video. The ninth entry comes from Malta. This is Julian's entry entitled Stronger. This is a decent ballad from Malta. Her voice is high in quality, but compared to some of the other entries, this song feels safe and middle of the road. It's definitely not bad by any means. I'm not going to skip it, and I enjoy listening to it. But I feel like it's missing some element of uniqueness or something that stands out that I've been finding in the other entries. This feels like a generic track that can be applied anywhere. Again, not a terrible song by any means. The music has a solid beat, and her vocals go places that I wasn't expecting, but it feels generic, and it falls to the foreground for me, so I don't know how it's going to do, but it's certainly not a bad song. It's just not something that speaks to me personally. The tenth entry comes from the Netherlands. This is Sepp and Yasmin's entry entitled Holding On To You.
This is a solid dance song. The music video is extremely expressive, and I fear it won't translate on the stage. The voices are really great quality, strong, they blend well together, but it's hard to know if the chemistry will work on the stage, but the music video suggests it's good. This kind of feels like a song that the Netherlands has repeatedly sent in previous years, so there's not a lot of change in the way that the Dutch do Junior Eurovision, which can be a good thing or a bad thing depending on what kind of a person you are. I feel like this will do pretty well, but it's not on the top of my personal list. The 11th entry comes from North Macedonia. This is Tamara Drudeska's entry entitled Kajimi Kajimi Koj. All I can say about the song is, wow. Her voice is extremely well-developed, which I keep saying for a lot of these artists. So far, I haven't actually heard a bad or middle vocal. The song is expressive, even without the music video. I can feel the emotion of the song, despite not knowing a single word of what she's saying. There's elements of exotic mysticism, and it takes me to a dimension of expression that I wasn't expecting. The 12th entry comes from Poland. This is Maja Krzyzewska's entry entitled, I Just Need a Friend. I just need a friend, ooh, ooh. My place on earth, I never had one. They told me that I would find my way. Small town girl in an endless world. I just want to give this child a hug. This song is so tragic and just the message is so relatable. I just need a friend. And Poland does not disappoint in their entries. Her voice is great and the song flows effortlessly as she tells the story of her emotions threaded with loneliness and isolation. As I've been saying for many countries, it depends on the costuming and her staging to see how well it carries along with the song. It doesn't need a lot, as the song carries a beautiful expression all on its own. The 13th entry comes from Portugal. This is Julia Machado's entry entitled Where I Belong. No meu pai disse em tua voz que me conduz De volta para um lugar melhor Escrevo o destino Nas linhas tortas à minha maneira Que a vida seja para sempre assim The song is simple in a good way. It almost feels like a little bit of a country song. It has like elements of a starry night longing for something. There's a longing for something which shows in her voice, and I think it'll work well for Portugal. Normally, I feel that these songs are kind of meh, but I'm actually pleasantly surprised that it captures something for me and is thoughtful. 
I imagine simple staging and a simple ensemble which will carry the song far, especially surrounded by so many songs which are interesting and artistic. Paired back, it stands out in its simplicity. The 14th entry comes from Spain. This is Sandra Valero's entry entitled Love You. This entry jumps really quickly into the main beat of the song. Interestingly, most times I feel songs take too long to get into the main feeling that they want to convey, but this time, I feel like Spain rushed into it too quickly. It's a good song, but it feels dated to me. If this came out like 5 or 10 years ago, I think this would turn heads. But in 2023... It's a good entry, but I can't help but compare it to Spain's previous entries, which I feel like I should avoid doing, but I can't help it. On its own, it's a good song, but I was expecting something different from Spain. Perhaps I prefer more Spanish sounds compared to this song, which feels too global for my taste. This is just my personal opinion, but regardless of what I think, I see Spain doing okay for me. But this isn't in my top five. The 15th entry comes from Ukraine. This is Anastasia Dimid's entry entitled Kvitka. The first moments of the song, I felt that it was going to take me somewhere, and I was so thankful that it did. The music has a great dance beat with an adorable little girl in the spotlight. She is young, but she has great command of both her vocal abilities and her stage presence. The music video is, I assume, a recording of a live performance, and she sounds great. Not everyone at her age would have vocal control and a decent pronunciation of English, but I think it's a good entry from Ukraine. I don't know where it'll end up, but all I know is that she should be proud of this performance. The 16th and final entry comes from the United Kingdom. This is Stan Unique's entry entitled Back to Life. I wish the UK would put this amount of effort in its adult contest as it does with the junior. This song is a huge surge in quality compared to UK entries in the adult contest. Their voices are so fantastic. The song itself is interesting, using instrumentations that sound intriguing, and their chemistry is perfection. The UK will do well in this contest, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a top 5 or even a top 3 for the UK. I feel like the ending was a bit too abrupt, like it was missing a big kabam, but it's still a solid entry that I think will do very well. 
And those are my thoughts for all 16 entries of Junior Eurovision. This year, there are no bad vocals. Now, in previous years that I've watched Junior Eurovision, there have been a few artists that I'm like, ooh, vocals are not the strongest. Maybe there's a lack of confidence. Maybe there's a lack of support from the team. Again, I don't condone bullying children or giving them hate or anything like that. I do believe in constructive criticism, even for children, because I think that's one of the great ways for them to learn is to understand how they do things and see different perspectives on how to improve themselves and to hone their skills and abilities. But this year, there's no bad vocals. I don't think anybody sounds terrible or flat or sounds boring or anything like that. Now, these are music videos, so perhaps the actual show will have something different, but I'm going to reserve my thoughts for when that happens. There's also no bad songs. There are songs, again, in previous years where I've wanted to skip them because they go nowhere and they just are kind of there. This year, even the ones that I thought were kind of middle of the road and generic, I don't want to skip. There are few songs that I might want to seek out and listen to, but there's also none that are kind of like an obsessive repeat for me, which I find a bit surprising. I don't know, perhaps Junior Eurovision's tastes are evolving, and because I'm an adult and this is a children's show, maybe my thoughts are a bit different compared to what a child would think. I'm also not completely in tune with all the latest music trends. I tend to look into the past for my music, so perhaps it's just this current generation's music that I don't attribute myself to. One big disappointment that I have, though, is that there are zero dance anthems like there were last year, which I feel is absent from this year's contests. Now, don't get me wrong, I appreciate ballads and powerful performances, but I need the kind of song that lets me turn my brain off and dance aimlessly in the dark. There's none of these songs this year, even with some of the songs that are a bit dancey in its instrumentation, and that's a genuine disappointment for me, because I like having dance tracks that I can just simply dance to. Now that we've gone through sort of the the main points and looking at the entries, I'm going to come into more specific points and give my honest opinion. Again, I do not condone the bullying of children and I do not tolerate abuse towards anyone, especially children. None of these kids have bad songs. These kids are all fantastically talented. And they certainly sing better than I do. So I'm putting that out there as a foundational element. These kids are all talented. There are no bad songs. There's no terrible vocals this year. And now here are some of my specific points. The most disappointing country for me is Spain. I'm sorry, but I prefer to hear more Spanish flavors from Spain. Maybe that's just a personal preference. I really love the Spanish sounds of the previous entries that they've been sending in recent years. This song just feels too global, and it's a bit of a disappointment for me, which is saying something, because I know that there have been songs in JESC history that I'm just like, nope, I don't want to listen to this. Just leave it there. 
This year, I'm willing to listen to Spain's song on more than once, and I'm not willing to skip it. But I have to give a disappointing somewhere, and Spain unfortunately earned it this year. The most middle-of-the-road song for me is Malta. I feel for me, it just feels aimless and feels too directionless. Again, the song is a decent track. It has fantastic vocal abilities. I mean, my goodness, the girl can sing. But to me, the song just feels like it needs to be channeled somewhere, and I feel like it doesn't do that. Biggest comeback for me is Germany. Huge improvement compared to 2020 and 2021, again, when I said that their entries felt safe in those years, where it's just this generic song that they're going to be singing about positivity. And again, they weren't bad entries, but they just didn't stand out for me. Germany this year really came back and brought the extra dimension that I think they were missing in their first two entries. And I think Germany this year will do very well. Biggest surprise for me was Portugal, and surprise in its simplicity. Again, normally I want direction and dimension and quality in songs. Junior Eurovision, I give a little bit of a pass because it's children and they're not fully formed adults with decades of training experience. But Portugal's simplicity carried through all of the emotions that I think would let it stand out amongst the ballads and the power performances. And that, to me, is a surprise because, again, I don't normally go for simplistic, but Portugal actually surprised me this year, and I look forward to seeing what they're going to do on the stage. Now, of course, everyone's probably going to want to know, who do I think is going to win? And sometimes I can gauge a winning song or group of songs that win. Normally I would pick Kazakhstan because I am obsessed with their junior Eurovision entries every year, but they're not in it this year, which makes me sad. Kazakhstan, please come back. I really like you as a country in junior Eurovision, so please come back next year. But this year... Honestly, I have no clue. And I'm not just saying that because I want to say, oh, all the kids are winners. There has to be a winner and there has to be somebody on the bottom of the leaderboard. Being on the bottom of the leaderboard does not make you a loser. Because I don't think in any Junior Eurovision Song Contest, in any of the 21 contests that they've done, there has not been a single loser. There are no kids that have done so terribly and atrociously that they are labeled a loser because that to me is unacceptable none of these kids are losers these are talented individuals that bring their personality their sparkle and their shine to the stage that takes huge guts of courage and charisma to do so in my eyes all of these kids are winners within themselves but in terms of who's going to be topping the leaderboard i have no clue there are some entries that I feel are not going to be on the top of the leaderboard and rather be maybe on the right-hand side of the scoreboard. But honestly, I can't pick out a winner from all of these entries. And I know that there are some people that can and some people that choose not to. Last year, I did feel like France was definitely one of the top countries for me to win just because it had that element of charisma that stood out compared to some of the other entries. 
but this year I honestly have no clue. And I'm again, I'm not saying because that these are kids that I don't want to like hurt anybody's feelings. I feel constructive criticism is important, especially for children. None of the entries are bad. I just can't pick a winner and I can't pick a bottom of the scoreboard. I think any of these countries can do well and it's going to come down to the performance on the stage. And quite honestly, in this rendition of the song contest for children, I don't particularly care who wins because I think every child should have a chance to win in this sort of situation, especially with the pressure of representing a country as large as some of these ones. I think at the end of the day, I will not be disappointed if X country doesn't win. I don't have that same feeling like I do in the adult Eurovision where I want certain countries to do well and other countries can kind of just eh. But in junior Eurovision, I think any one of these 16 entries could win. I I don't think I can even... I can't even come up with a, a ranking system. I mean, there's like some countries I can group in certain contexts, but I don't think I can honestly do that this year because... It's just like a whole one group bubble. It's not like I can say, oh, five of these songs go on the top area and five of the songs go on the bottom. Of course, I had my little reactions earlier when I said, oh, this could be a top five or this would do very well. But thinking back on it now, I really don't know what song is going to go where. And I don't know if this is because I've only heard the songs once and perhaps I'm not as steeped into Junior Eurovision as I have been in previous years to be able to actually do a proper ranking. But to me, this can go in 16 different directions, and I just, I don't know where it's going to go. But ultimately, somebody will end up on the top of the scoreboard, and someone will end up on the bottom of the scoreboard, and I don't know who it's going to be. Whoever ends up being on the bottom of the scoreboard... I want you to know that I know that you gave it your best and that your entry is good. You have absolutely nothing to be ashamed about. You are talented, you are charismatic, and you brought that entry to the world stage. That takes guts. Be proud of your performance. And to all 16 entrants, just have fun with it. Don't worry about the competition. Don't worry about having to win just sing your song and have some fun with the other artists. Seriously, Junior Eurovision is a much more relaxed version of the Eurovision Song Contest for me. And to any of the 16 countries that are participating, good luck. I hope you win, and I hope that we get to see your country next year as we host the next Junior Eurovision Song Contest. And those are my thoughts of Junior Eurovision. It's very unscripted compared to my other types of episodes where I normally have facts like laid out and sort of a flow here doing reactionary things. I don't do these very often. I don't do particularly well with ad-libbing and kind of just going off book and off script like this. So thank you for putting up with my ramblings and thank you for listening to this episode. However, we are not finished because we still have a couple more segments to go through. So turning from junior Eurovision, let's turn to the adult Eurovision contest and look at some Eurovision news. It's time for the Eurovision report. (laughs) 
France has selected both their entrance and their song for Eurovision 2024. In a surprising turn of events, France is the first country to announce its representative and its song for the upcoming Eurovision season. France has chosen the artist Sleman to represent the country, and the song is called Mon Amour. France internally selected the singer who won the fifth season of The Voice in France. He has two million albums sold and several music awards and lots of musical experience from piano bars to sold-out arena tours. This is reported by Sanjay Giandani of ESC Today. The EBU has announced details regarding the sales of tickets to the Eurovision Song Contest. Tickets will go on sale starting on Tuesday, November 28th at 10 a.m. Central European Time. Tickets will be made available for nine shows via Ticketmaster.se. There will be three sets of shows for each semifinal and the grand final. The jury show, now labeled as the evening preview. The family show, now labeled as the afternoon preview. And the live TV broadcast show. Ticket prices vary depending on the show and seat selection, with the cheapest tickets going for around 145 Swedish krona, worth about $20 Canadian, 13 euro, 14 US dollars, or 11 Great British pounds, and going as high as 3,795 Swedish krona, or about 500 Canadian dollars, 340 euros, 365 US dollars, or 290 Great British pounds. There are also VIP packages available as well. There is a Celebrate ticket, which gives you a VIP lounge balcony seat, a buffet of food featuring a selection of seasonal delicacies from the south of Sweden, two units of alcoholic beverages, a VIP bar, exclusive entrance, early admission, a commemorative VIP laminate, and a free goodie bag with merch. There's also a party lounge ticket, which includes a pre-party at the arena's club area, level A seating, a buffet of food, the two drinks, early admission, VIP laminate, and an exclusive VIP entrance. Finally, there is also the kickstart ticket, which includes a pre-party at an off-site venue, a level D seating, buffet, and two drinks, as well as the VIP laminate. The ticket site also offers larger VIP orders and suite bookings, if that's something that you're looking for. The Ticketmaster website has also placed a limit of 10 tickets per person and show for the evening and afternoon shows, and a limit of 4 tickets per person for the live shows. This is to prevent the unfair secondary market sales. Ticketmaster has been criticized in the past for its predatory practices and lack of action against secondary markets and robot scalper scams. Further details are available on Eurovision.tv and the Ticketmaster website. This is reported by the European Broadcasting Union. This has been the Eurovision Report. Now it's time for Song of the Week. This is the part of the show where I share a Eurovision entry that I find fun to listen to. Maybe it's terrible or cringy or simply noteworthy. Let's find out which entry is this week's Song of the Week. This week's Song of the Week is the UK entry for 1957. The song All, sung by Patricia Bredin. Composer Raynell Redford. Lyricist Alan Stranks. Conducted by Eric Robinson. It placed 7th, getting 6 points. 
It got two points from Switzerland and one point from the Netherlands, Austria, Luxembourg, and Belgium. This song was sadly never recorded, and it's a real tragedy because it's a beautiful performance. It was the shortest song in Eurovision history at 1 minute 52 seconds until that record was broken by Finland in 2015. That being the shortest song in Eurovision history up until 2015 makes me really sad because I want this song to be like double the length. This song is a beautiful operatic performance recalling the nostalgic days of yesterday, all the emotions that the singer felt in days gone by, sharing those feelings long lived or the culmination of her experiences. The song is beautiful, and I feel like Eurovision doesn't have too many operatic performances, especially for the 50s, but I'm glad that there are examples like this one. Patricia passed away recently, and while I hope to cover her story in a future episode, her song gets this week's Song of the Week. So, those are my thoughts on the Junior Eurovision entries for 2023. I wish to say good luck to all the participants, and I look forward to the live show in just two days' time. Be sure to tune in next Friday as I give my reactions and thoughts to the show. Thank you so much for joining me this week, and thank you very much for putting up with my ramblings. While this isn't the usual kind of topics I cover on this show, if you're interested in our regular content, be sure to check out the previous 12 episodes where I talk about a variety of topics from hosts to interval acts to artists, venues, postcards, and much more. If you would like to get in touch with the podcast, you can reach out to our Instagram account at ESC101podcast. You can also send us an email, esc101podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to leave us a review on whichever platform you are currently listening on. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you're looking for our regular content, you can stay tuned for episode 15, where we return to the Eurovision yearbook, covering the life of a Eurovision artist. You can find out who we'll be covering in two weeks' time. But for now, I hope to see you next week to see the exciting conclusion of this year's Junior Eurovision Song Contest. And until then, thank you for listening. You have been listening to ESC 101. See you next time. 